Dit is Hans. En dit is Jan. Wij zijn Bugsy Travels en de Ammo Boxes uit België. En je luistert naar Podcaster. Hi, this is Hans. And this is Jan. And we are Bugsy Travels and the Ammo Boxes from Belgium. And you're listening to Podcaster. This show is sponsored by the FTF Geocacher magazine, a must-subscribe for all geocachers. This full-color, glossy magazine is released every two months and is chock-full of stories, articles, pictures, instruction, humor, milestones, and more. Sign up today at ftfgeocacher.com. This is the Podcaster Podcast. The podcast all about geocaching. We consistently deliver high-quality, family-friendly shows that are informative, inspirational, and entertaining. Welcome to the show. Sunny. And I'm Sandy. From sunny San Diego, California. Welcome to Podcaster. This show is packed with geocaching goodness, news, tips and tricks, and tools of the trade. Also, interviews, geocaching events, and stories from around the world. You can find show notes with links mentioned on the show and a lot more geocaching goodies at podcaster.com. So with that, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to another Podcaster podcast. We are glad you're here with us for show 726 for September 14th, 2020. And hopefully you had some time to do a little geocaching this weekend for us. We tried, but <laughs> not so successful. We had some sat- Saturday uh, activities that we did, and it took almost the entire day. Uh, we'll tell you about it, actually. We had to do disc golfing, and we'll give you some insights on what we think about that. But we, at, while we were, we tried to find a, a geocache. And we couldn't. We had to DNF that one. Yeah, there was even a hint, but, you know, sometimes with even with a hint, yeah. it, it doesn't actually work out. Some people had, uh, I think at least one person had DNF'd it, but other people had found it, so we thought we'd have good luck. But it didn't work out for you, us, you know those, at least that day. You know those geocaches where you read the comments or the DNFs, and you're like, oh, I'm going to find this. <laughs> I mean, they couldn't find it, but I'm going to find it. And sure enough, but we, then got, you don't. <laughs> we got stumped on this one. But even with all that getting stumped, we still have a great show planned for you today. We have a little bit of a different show for you today. Now, we don't often do this, but today we have an extended interview with two guys from Belgium who are part of something really cool. Yeah, you're going to hear them share about their geocaching band. That's right, you heard it right, a geocaching band, and how it all started and where they played. You know, we know a lot of geocachers are the creative, adventurous types with a wide variety of interest, and today we think this topic will appeal to a lot of you. Yeah. Now, there's a connection to another geocaching musician who we've mentioned on the show before. And some future plans that will hopefully allow many of us to hear and enjoy their music. Yep. Also, we'll be featuring one of their brand new songs at the end of the show, so don't go away and make sure you listen to that. Let's get some behind the musical scenes insight and head right into that interview. Here we go. Hey guys, today we are pleased to be chatting with Hans and Jan from Belgium. Hey, welcome to the show, guys. 
Ah, thanks. Hi, uh, thanks, All right. thanks for having us. Yeah, well, it's great chatting with you. We are in different time zones, obviously. I think it's 9 o'clock where you are. It's 12 noon here. I'm about to have lunch. But it's fantastic that we're able to connect. Uh, before we get into the interview today, let's start with having each of you introduce yourselves, uh, where you live, your occupation, your family, et cetera, et cetera. Hans, let's go ahead and start with you. Uh, okay. Uh, so my name is Hans. Uh, I live in Belgium, close to the French border. Um, I'm a teacher. Uh, I work with pupils with learning problems and behavioral problems. Uh, so it's a sort of special education school. Um, and uh, together with my wife, uh, I'm uh, a geocaching team, you could say, Team Lejeune. And uh, we've been playing this game for a bit now. All right. Um, Very good. That, thanks, thanks for that. And uh, Jan, let me let's hear a little bit about you. Well, uh, I live in uh, in, in uh, Belgium too, so between Ghent and Brussels. For those who've come to Belgium before, with my wife and fifteen-year-old daughter, and um, both my wife and I are high school teachers, so we're starting to see a pattern here, mm -hmm. um, which is also a nightmare for a fifteen-year-old, I guess. Your parents <laughs> are teachers, but um, apart from that, I'm a musician, like like Hans. And, um, yeah, I started geocaching and we, we found the, the perfect marriage between geocaching and, uh, and music. So that's that our, I'm a science teacher and a, a musician. So that are about, uh, the passions I, uh, I have in this life. <laughs> wow. You know, I am delighted to be talking to both of you. Not only am I a musician myself, but I, I'm a science teacher. I, I used to be a science teacher, taught many, many years. Yeah. Uh, science to to uh, many ages of kids, everywhere from third grade to well, actually university level, and so uh, this is fascinating that that the geocache we have geocaching, we have mu we have music, and we have education in our backgrounds. Well, speaking yeah, of, we have a lot in common. <laughs> yeah, no, and I did honestly uh, to our listeners, I had no idea uh, besides the musician part that um, these other aspects. And uh, Jan, you said you had a fifteen-year-old. Well, I've got a twelve-year-old, so. Uh, yes, he, he's living the same nightmare of having to deal with a parent who has an educational background. Um, yeah, I guess. <laughs> so, hey, listen, uh, speaking about geocaching, let's go ahead and hear about your, you know, introductions to geocaching. Uh, Jan, let, let, let's let's start with you. How, how did you get introduced to geocaching? Well, I'm not, um, Hans is a very much more experienced geocacher than I am. Mm. And uh, he has some, he has put some really creative um, marvels out there as a CEO. But as for me, I I, um, I got into geocaching through friends. We went on a, on a cache trip, and I think it happens a lot with, with a lot of people like that. Um, so we went on a geocaching trip with with friends, and we they had children too, and we got hooked. Um, and I uh, I must say these these cache tours in, in natural surroundings, as we started out, are still still my favorite. Mm. And we had some really great times with those friends doing night caches too. So that's um, an experience, I think. Um, there's something exciting about caching at night. Mm -hmm. Even even if, if the same caches are nothing special during the day, but that's, that's something I remembered from those early years of, of geocaching. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so did you think it was an odd thing when you first started doing it, that geocaching was this, this strange hobby? Well, I didn't think of it as a, as a, as a strange hobby mm -hmm. um i i got right right into it but but there was a certain reluctance um 
for going geocaching and, and, and explaining to people what you're doing. Because mm. uh, certainly in, in the beginning years, when it was not known at all, uh, people looked at you in a very weird way if you're, look, if you're uh, walking with a GPS in your hand and you're quite obviously lost or, or looking for something. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you had to explain to people what geocaching is all about. But, th- but that's also a fun part because some people um, got interested too and, and, and you, you get new geocachers. Mm-hmm. And, and the best thing about geocaching, I think it's open to everyone. Um, you don't have to be a premium member. You can you can just enjoy it in, uh, as long as you have uh, some kind of GPS and internet connection, or or even a, a cell phone and internet connection. You can you can start geocaching. It's yeah. like like one of the most democratic um, hobbies ever. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And now with cell phones, I mean, it's it's the 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 threshold of entrance is even lower. I mean, you don't have to have a dedicated GPS. Now, yeah, exactly. Now, Hans, uh, so it sounds like you're the veteran of the group here. Can you tell us a little bit about your first introduction to geocaching? I'm a big reader. I read, I read a lot of books. And uh, about six years ago, I was reading um, a thriller called Five. By, and I had to look this up again earlier today because I didn't remember. Uh, by a woman called Ursula Poznanski. I think she's German. And she wrote a, a novel, a thriller about a serial se- serial killer um, who was hiding uh, the bodies uh, on the geocaching site with coordinates and everything. <laughs> and, and and throughout the yeah, and throughout the book, uh, I learned more and more about uh, the geocaching game. And then when the the book was done reading at the end, the last page, there was some additional info. And the link to the site. So I thought, well, this could be a fun game, something for me. So I went to check out the site. And then I talked to the missus and to the kids uh, about this geocaching thing I had discovered in a book. And I said, there's one here a bit further. Let's try and, and see what it's all about. And so we, we jumped in the car and then we went to the coordinates and we found a cache, which was fun for the kids at the time. Uh, and, and, and well, we were kind of hooked right away and we started geocaching all over the place. And it's been fun ever since. Nice, nice. And so it started with the book and your curiosity. Now, uh, were you concerned that you might find a dead body uh, going geocaching? Um, good question. <laughs> <laughs> or that you would be that no, dead body? I don't really remember being afraid. <laughs> Maybe during a night cash. <laughs> yeah, right, right. All right, well, fantastic. Uh, great to hear about your backstories. Now, today we're going to be chatting about the geocaching band, mu- musical band that you guys are involved in. But first, tell us about your background as musicians. How did you guys uh, get started, and, and how did you guys get together? Um, well, maybe I'll start uh, answering this one. Um, I started playing guitar in, in bands during high school, like a lot of people, I guess. And our first gigs were um, at very, very small venues organized by uh, Boy Scouting leadership and youth centers and that kind of thing, with uh, barely enough room for the musicians, let alone the audience. <laughs> and we played for free drinks then and for fun. So I started, I played the guitar, but I also sing, and I started singing because nobody else would. <laughs> uh, since then, I've had a few um, 
I had a lot of bands, cover bands, a few semi-professional projects, but I never really had the intention to make uh, a living as a musician. So it's always been um, more than a hobby, but not, not a job for me. Over to you, Hans. <laughs> I started uh, playing the drums rather, uh, rather late in my life. Uh, I, I I've always been crazy about music and, and, and songs and, and whatever uh, when it comes to music since I was a kid. Um, Hans, is the, Hans is the kind of guy you want if you want to participate in a music quiz. It's, it's, it's incredible. Mm. <laughs> but this is on a side note. <laughs> Yes, I, I'm 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 an asset when it comes to music quizzes. <laughs> no, um, so I always felt like I wanted to play an instrument, but I never went to music school or anything, so that didn't really happen as a as a young boy. <laughs> then I wanted to play drums because I thought that would be really great. Um, but uh, my parents were against it, um, so that didn't happen again. Um, so I uh, I only started playing drums when I was about 26, mm. which is, I guess, rather late. And I kind of taught myself, um, so I don't know any notes. I, I can't read sheet music. I'm what Jan could call an, a musical... Idiot savant, or how do you call it? <laughs> um, but I'm just enjoying myself a lot with playing music, and I think I handle myself okay. Nice, <laughs> nice. Behind the drums. Very good. Yeah, he's also he's also being too modest because uh, it's not because he can't read sheet music. I think a lot of people will agree with that. That um, he has has really a feel for rhythm and and the natural talent for it. So. I guess um, it's all it takes, <laughs> actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, very good. Uh, obviously, it's working and it comes together. And uh, I've, I've heard one of your songs, which we'll be playing a little bit later. And uh, just fantastic work, guys. So tell us, as we go on, what, what is the name of the band called? And uh, when was the band formed? And, you know, give us a, a beginning origin story. How did it all get started? Well, um, it was in the year 2016. Uh, so that's four years ago, five years ago. And uh, there was this uh, geocaching event in Ghent by the GGS. Um, and there were quite a bit of participants. And it was a, a whole day program with an evening uh, activity too. But they had an hour in the evening that was still empty in the program and they were looking for something to fill up the program and one of the con uh, one of the participants uh, peter is a bass player and he suggested to the uh, to the organizers uh, how about i go on facebook and ask if the, there are other geocachers coming who play instruments and maybe we can just play a few songs uh in that uh, in that hour you still need to fill and so he went on facebook and asked is is there anyone interested in playing a few songs um and i saw that and i reacted i said well hey peter uh, my name is hans i play drums i'm coming to the event 
Uh, I'm down to to see how it goes and to play some music. Uh, but we still need someone behind the microphone and and a guitar. Uh, so Peter started looking some more, and then he found Jan online, who was also interested. And and then yeah, uh, and it was it was, uh, it was supposed to be a one-time thing. Mm-hmm. Remember? Yeah, uh, it was it was a one-off, but but uh, it it got a little out of hand. <laughs> yeah, it went bigger. <laughs> nice. Um, but the, f- the fun thing was, um, so we said, well, well, we'll need to get together a few times and, and, and practice a bit. We can't just show up with everything and, and start playing. So we got together, I think it was in, in Hent, Jan, the first time. Yeah, yeah, rehearsal. Yeah. Uh, so the fun thing was we had never seen each other before. We didn't know each other, mm-hmm. all three of us. And we uh, entered the rehearsal room, set everything up. We started, uh, uh, well, talking gibberish and, 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 and silly jokes like all grown men do when they're together. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then uh, when everything was set up, we already had a lot of laughs. So that felt good. And I remember we started with uh, Mr. Cab Driver by... And it rolled out in one take without any mistakes. And, and uh, it was a funny moment. We looked at each other and we were like, okay, this could work. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And, and, and we've been having fun ever since. That's great. That, 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 and, and by the way, the, and the name of the band, uh, what's the name of the band? Uh, Bugsy Travels. As a uh, reference to travel books, of course. Mm-hmm. So Bugsy Travels and the Ammo Boxes. Love it. Love it. Nice, nice solid image there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I love that song by Lenny Kravitz, by the way. That's that's a good one to get warmed up to. Now, um, yeah. th- that's an example of just a band coming together and everything just gels and works. And that, I, I love when that happens. Um, give us an example. What kind of songs do you guys uh, play? I mean, do you, do, you, do you have your own songs? Do you do covers? Or, or what kind of songs would you generally say to somebody? Well, well, it's uh, we don't play um, our own songs, but we get covers that we like. Uh, like we have Message in a Bottle by the police, which everyone knows, of course. Nice. And um, so Hans turned it to The Cash is in a Bottle, which sounds about uh, just as right. Mm. And um, mostly the the, th- uh, the songs work because the, the alterations to the lyrics are, are minimal. And um, so so the, the rhythm and, and the, the tone of the song stays the same, but... But there's this, these little references to geocaching that make it that make it special. And of course, when you when you play in a three guy band as we were at that time, mm-hmm. um, you get your own sound and you 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 make it your own. Mm-hmm. So that's that's about what we did. Very cool. Now, who's the mastermind behind creating these uh, these covers, uh, the geocaching covers of the songs? Yeah, that would be Hans. <laughs> mm, okay. Apart from, I think one song I did, uh, all the lyrics are uh, uh, sprung from Hans's head. Really? Okay. And and Hans, yeah. do, do these come to you naturally? Uh, you know, is it something that you think about, or, or do you have to to really work at it to get the lyrics and the and the music together? Well, uh, I think Jan can confirm that usually it goes rather fast. <laughs> sometimes so fast that the others can't follow 
<laughs> Sometimes I get complaints that I get too many too too fast after each other. Is that right? Very cool. Yeah, I have the impression that we have to learn too many songs at once. <laughs> I have the impression that he can't turn it off. It's 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 even in his sleep. I think I don't know. Yeah, poor guy. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I kind of imagine maybe you're listening to some new music and then immediately you're thinking about geocaching, swap out words, right? Or, yeah, I, I I just enjoy to play with words and with language, and I've I've always enjoyed altering lyrics to songs. I used to do that before the geocaching band too, uh-huh. uh, just just for fun. And we've already, or I have already made a lot of new lyrics to songs that we haven't haven't even played yet mm. and, and maybe we'll never play i don't know but i'm just <laughs> having fun making them yeah, uh, um, yeah sometimes it's it's oh, even it's just just in the titles so we have um i can get no satisfaction turns out to be i can get no set reception so <laughs> definite link to geocaching yeah. we have psycho cacher instead of psycho killer psycho killer right. um or it's your cash is on fire instead of um, um, <laughs> sex on fire, you know. Uh-huh. Um, if it if it sounds right, if it sounds funny, and then you can relate to it. Yeah. So um, that's when it works, I, th- I guess. Well, you know, the fact yeah. that you're having fun is probably one of the driving things that you guys are successful with it because that that comes across in music. You know, are the, are the musicians enjoying themselves? Are they having a good time? So that's that's probably a big key factor there. Yeah, I, I remember um, we had so much so much fun one rehearsal um doing um a song we call pokemon kill to geocache star uh, I guess you, <laughs> yeah right. you, you uh you can find the, the the meaning of that um and it was just because these two kept um making faces comments during the entire song that i i just couldn't i just couldn't sing anymore and it, uh. it took so long to get it right because we uh yeah, we just messed it up ourselves. So I was going to ask a question about that. Have you have you guys recorded? And when you record, is it like live studio, or do you do tracks and then and then put it together? Uh, so I guess that's my first question. Have you have you guys recorded to um, any recordings? Well, we don't have um, what you would call studio recordings. We have some some rehearsal recordings and a few songs that we uh, um, that we did. Uh, separately, but we're still 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 working on that. Okay. Um, right. Yeah, it's it's um, we're we're quite far apart. Well, not by American standards, maybe, but but quite a few miles apart from each other. Mm. And um, we have we have our day jobs, so it's not easy to to mm. spend a whole day in the in the improvised studio of, of my my computer. Right. But we're working on that. <laughs> okay. All right. So tell me, what kind of response have you gotten from geocachers at those uh, first events where you played? Have they come up to you and kind of given you a little feedback? Uh, Yeah. Um, Well, we got immediate feedback while we were on stage the first time because... We're going to take a short break from the interview and then get right back to it. It's so great to connect with geocachers from other countries and hear their stories. You know, everyone's intro story is so unique. There's dozens of ways to find out about geocaching. But, you know, not a lot of different responses. No, Probably two of the most common are either to say... "Mm, 
that's interesting and go back on with your life. Mm -hmm. Or you immediately get hooked and you see the draw and the attraction of this quirky hobby that we have. And now you're listening to this podcast. Yep. That's right. Now, just a reminder, we're offering some extra special incentives right now for those who join as club members. And these offers only last until October 16th. So check out all the details at podcaster.com slash club offer 2020. And we thank you for helping to keep Podcaster going. By the way, the latest issue of the FTF Geocacher magazine will be arriving to subscribers before too long, and this time there is a special bonus audio that we've created to go along with the Podcaster Soundbites article. Now, if you're a subscriber, be sure to check it out and let us know what you think about this feature. If you're not a subscriber, what are you waiting for? Especially with some of us spending more time at home than we ever have before, now is a great time to sign up. Please consider supporting our sponsor for this show, FTF Geocacher Magazine, by signing up at ftfgeocacher.com. Now let's head back to the rest of the interview with Hans and Jan. You'll hear about an interesting connection with an American geocaching musician, as well as some changes that the band has experienced. Also, don't forget, at the end of the show, we'll be playing their new song that celebrates 20 years of geocaching. All right, back to the interview. Tell me, what kind of response have you gotten from geocachers at those uh, first events where you played? Have they come up to you and kind of given you a little feedback? Uh, Yeah. um, Well, we got immediate feedback while we were on stage the first time because uh, people were laughing all the time mm. not because we were so bad but I guess because they liked the lyrics mm. uh, um, because that's each time my objective in, in every song we do um, if I change the lyrics it has to be about geocaching and it has to be about something funny uh, or hilarious or uh, so people enjoy the music but they're also constantly laughing about situations they recognize or also have experienced and and and, and then they and then they like the jokes mm. and that seemed to work right away because people were laughing all the time uh, when we were playing the first show um, and they were enjoying themselves and then afterwards they they a lot of people came to us and said, you're not going to do this just once, are you? You, you have to keep yeah. going. It's too good to stop after a, a one time only, <laughs> which was at that time our plan. We just play one gig and, and, and nothing more. But we got so much feedback of people saying, you have to keep doing this. It's too much fun. Yeah, and it was also, I don't know if, you, if you've experienced this, um, um, Sonny, but... Um, there's these gigs like like this first one where, where there's there's a really small and cheap sound system, but but nevertheless everything sounded like like magical. We have mm. we have a YouTube recording of that first song when we play the forest by the Cure, mm. and and it sounds perfect. I don't know why because because <laughs> um, it was it was not um, a decent sound system at all. But sometimes you have these moments where everything uh, where everything fits and sounds sounds right. So I guess that's one of the reasons why we uh, why we kept playing when we why we had so much fun. Well, terrific. 
Now, you know, uh, as, as time passes, usually things evolve. Have there been any changes that have happened uh, with the band uh, through the years? Well, yeah. Our, uh, our founder and bass player, Peter, he left because um, mm. he had other projects. Mm-hmm. Um, he was quite pissed about it when he heard about um, Seattle. <laughs> yeah. But um, that comes later, maybe. But but now we had a, a lack of, of, of bass and, and, um, and also... Um, a shortage of, of uh, witty humor in the band, so we had to we had to replace Peter. Mm. And um, I would say after a long series of auditions, but th- that wasn't really the case. But we um, we kept Yasmin as a as a bass player because she was um, she had the driest humor of the the people we met, and we also added uh, another guitarist, uh, Nico, who's. Um, also sarcastic, and he's um, he's an all-time Zappa fan. So um, Love it. we got along quite well, and I think the chemistry was about as important as the as the music yeah, yeah. itself. So the current setup is uh, Hans and me, uh, Hans doing the drum, um, me doing guitar and the, the vocals, and then we have Yasmin on bass and Nico on the other guitar, which yeah. gives us a bit more possibilities for uh, for playing other covers right 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 that's that's awesome that's great that it all came together now uh, yeah. as you said you, you guys started playing in belgium uh what was uh what was your first international event that you played in um well the the first international event was last year in manchester mm. um before that we were playing uh some shows in belgium only because it's well, we we have to say it like it is. It's it's fact. It's not that easy to get geocaching gigs, <laughs> uh, right? Yeah, so sure. we we it's not like we play every every week or every month mm-hmm. um, because you have to be quite a big event um, to have the means and 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 the room to have a. A concert mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if it's a very small event well everything runs on voluntary work and low budgets I, I think it's everywhere the same all around the globe when it comes to geocaching events mm-hmm. so it's not always easy for people who are organizing events to give us a call and, and ask us if we can come over to play mm-hmm. um, so that kind of limits the the, the gig possibilities. Uh, so we mainly played at mega events in Belgium the first years, mm-hmm. um, which was also fun, of course. And then suddenly we had the opportunity to go and play in the UK in Manchester, which was, as the English would say, brilliant. <laughs> now, um, I heard a little bit about this international event, and from what I understand, uh, a, uh, a shared acquaintance of ours, Steve from the Travel Bugs, uh, was 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 somebody that you met there. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so they they talked us into being Steve's um, live band mm-hmm. at the Manchester event because Steve um, has has his project, his uh, the, the Travel Bugs, but it's a it's a one man project, so that it causes a bit of a problem when you when you play live. Because you don't have a, a band, you can't play all the instruments at the same time. And it turned out to be one of the most uh, rewarding things we ever did. Hmm. Um, but it was like we, we had uh, we had no idea how we 
how we're going to pull this off because you can't rehearse with someone 10,000 miles away. Mm-hmm. He, uh, Steve lives in Colorado, um, as you probably know, um, which is quite uh, far from where we live in Belgium. So we had to find the means to, um, to rehearse or to communicate, to connect uh, our music. So basically what we did, in short, is um, Steve taught us our, his songs. We, we would play them, we would record them, make them our own bits, eh? add our own style. And then he would, so we shared everything on an online drive, and then he would record his vocals back to our version of his song. Mm-hmm. And then I added my backing vocals, and that's that's how the song like came together. So when we uh, when we played with him in Manchester, I don't know if that happens a lot with people, but uh, with musicians. But when we played with Steve in Manchester, we we met him uh, half an hour before the con- concert, <laughs> and then we played together like we we had done so for 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 years. Was it was a it was a special uh, experience? <laughs> wow! And and let me. This is fascinating to me. So he sent you music that he'd written, and you know he. I, and I know how he puts. I understand um, how he puts together. It's he basically he's a one man operation, but you know eventually yeah. it comes together. Mm-hmm. So he sent you music. You guys rehearsed it, practiced it, sent it back, and then he sang on it, and you did backing vocals, and this this all came together internationally and digitally. Yeah, yeah. I did, uh, I did the the final mixing on my on my PC, so it's not like it's a professional studio or anything. But mm. um, um, well, but you can hear uh, you can hear some of these uh, songs, and I think they turn out uh, quite nicely. All right, very cool. And uh, well, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about the plans that you had? Because uh, you know everything was on its way to have the big geocaching twenty year celebration in Seattle and Canada, which has now been moved to 2021. But can you tell us about the, the plans that you had to play there? Um, yeah. Um, when we played Manchester, it was already a, a big opportunity for us. But it also uh, led us to the next uh, opportunity because um, there were uh, lackeys from Seattle at the Geocoin Fest mm-hmm. in Manchester. Um uh, Annie Love was uh, there for Seattle, and uh, the next day she asked us if we were interested to play in Seattle. So, uh, of course, we were interested, but then the big questions came how are we going to do this? Um, because we live in Belgium, of course, and then uh, it's not like you say, well, we just toss the drum and the guitars in the van and we start driving. Which uh, we did uh, for Manchester, by the way. <laughs> ah. Yes, which we did to, to get into Manchester, uh, which was a one crazy long weekend. <laughs> um, but uh, so, of course, we said, well, we are interested, but we have to figure out how we are going to do this. Um, so we had to start looking at uh, flights at the, the the ticket prices, uh, if we if everyone was going to be able to get there at the, in August, um, so and we really had to sort quite uh, some things out. But then we uh, we kept staying in touch with uh, Annie and and going back and forth, uh, and 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 then it led to. 
us agreeing uh, all together on making it possible. Mm. So we decided we would go, uh, to, we would make it a trip, a US and Canada trip uh, as a vacation and combine that with playing in Seattle. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, quite a bit of work went to it. <laughs> One of the things I never thought about beforehand was, was um, so you're going to play a gig and normally you take all your stuff, and w which is not only your musical instruments, uh, in my case, my guitar and my amp and, and stuff, but there's a lot of weight, there's a lot of stuff. And you can put that all all that on a plane, but you have to pay a lot of taxes or, or money to get um, this heavy stuff on a plane. So um, the other possibility is to is to rent your instruments there, but that's also not not so easy. To, that was something I, I I never thought of before. So the practical implications, but um, it was nearly figured out when uh, when the plans um, became. Well, uh, got cancelled right. due to COVID. Mm -hmm. So, I guess we're uh, we're just picking it up uh, next year, and we're we're just gonna we're gonna make it happen. Yeah, good. You know, and that's something that I had never thought of either. I, you know, uh, bands that play locally, of course, they're driving their gear, including something as large as drums. You know, I might be able to handle one acoustic guitar, but then you've got your amp and all the other gear that goes along with uh, with a big production. Yeah, so yeah. local local musicians and I've I've worked with local musicians here. Yeah, you just you put it in the van and you you, you get to the gig and you, and you play. But uh, mm -hmm. and I, I can only imagine you kind of you kind of alluded to the fact that uh, the Manchester gig was quite quite the experience because you had to haul that stuff all the way over there. But I'd never thought about what it would take to go internationally. Like you know, traveling with drums would be so expensive and and you know a guitar maybe but but yeah i'd never really thought about that how how would you have to get that stuff over there and then renting uh, equipment on the other side not only is it you know uh, maybe complicated but it's not your stuff it's not your because I, I, I could pick up another guitar and play as well but it's not mine you know so there's a little yeah. bit of yeah. difference there yeah yeah so i did yeah, yeah. i had that idea too. And normally, I think the, these international, intercontinental gigs uh -huh. are uh, reserved for for like like superstars who can afford it and who yeah. who don't have to think about all right. that stuff uh, themselves. They have people for that. Yeah. Um, but but this this um, it's we a don't. bit of a unique situation. Uh, but but it's 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 fun. It's it's like a challenge. So so we yeah. we get round to that. Well, I predict you guys are going to get huge. You're going to get so big. You're going to be, you know, selling <laughs> T-shirts and and mugs and, and 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 jackets and everything. And then someday you'll have your own plane and your own roadies to take care of your gear. That's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. Yeah. Don't forget the groupies <laughs> and the groupies, of course. Yeah. Well, yeah. hey, uh, for our listeners in the show, uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to play the song that you guys wrote and recorded to celebrate the uh, 20th anniversary of geocaching, because that's a song that's already done. We're, and so listen later on in the show, you can hear that. Now, uh, tell us, what can you share about uh, to, to our listeners about that song uh, before we play it as an introduction? Well, we um, the, the lyrics, as always, are, are a product of Hans's uh, creativity. Mm. Um, but we had covered the song with, with other geocaching lyrics, the song Seven Nation Army. We had covered it in the past, but, but it lacked something. And we, we didn't want to do it the same way again. 
And we were looking for a, a laid-back um, alternative version. And this, um, I remember this one rehearsal, Nico started playing these jazzy chords to it. Mm-hmm. And we, we kind of rolled into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kept that version. Also, the whistle is something spontaneous from that rehearsal. And we were we were kind of happy with that version, so we so we kept it for the for the celebration. Nice, nice. And uh, another song we're going to be playing as well is uh, a song that you played that Steve wrote for with the Travel Bugs, and that's uh, TNSNL, right? And uh, that's mm-hmm. is, that, is that a live recording? Yes, that's a, a recording from our afternoon show in uh, in Manchester last year. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All at, right. Uh, at the event. All right. By the way, because this this um, maybe doesn't speak for itself, the the title stands for uh, "Took Nothing, uh, Left Nothing, Signed Log." I think. Right. So it's um, it's Steve's song about um, his geocaching life, and um, I think it's it's a great song because because it's like it's like a, a geocaching anthem. It's like um, um, yeah he. he he makes a statement as a geocacher. You should uh, you should really listen to the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's a great song, and uh, it'll be good to 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 hear the uh, the live version as well. All right. Well, that's going to be like one of the first tracks in your your live album when that comes out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, anything else that you'd like to share with us about maybe future plans? If you guys have any future plans with a band. Well, we um, we would like some more of that international experience, of course. We like events. We, we particularly like the, the after parties, like in, in, in Manchester. We had mm-hmm. the most fun, not at the event uh, itself, but, but at the, um, um, the, the after party, you could call it, the little concert in, in the pub, the old next head. Um, that's, that's the kind of stuff we would, we would like to do in the future. If um, well, all this this uh, COVID stuff um, dissolves in in the future, um, so we haven't any concrete big plans, but but that's that's what we would like to do. I think Hans will agree with that. Yes, for now, I I would say we hope that uh, the shows that got cancelled in 2020 can can be done next year. Yeah, uh, we had we had one in Belgium next month normally, but that got cancelled again. Uh, and then we had one in Holland, and then of course we had one in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so all three are now postponed to next year. So we hope that goes through uh, because we miss playing live. We also miss rehearsing because mm-hmm. yeah, we haven't been able to rehearse a lot to get together because of all these restrictions coming with COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so we basically hope that next year we'll be playing more music again, both live and at rehearsals, because we've been missing it quite a bit. Um, and for now, to keep ourselves busy, we are thinking about trying to record some of our songs um at home and 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 do something with that while we are waiting uh for shows and rehearsals to be possible again okay so uh maybe yeah, next uh, year we can offer some we, 
the thing we've always been putting off is is making um, decent recordings of these songs, like you you asked before. So mm-hmm. that's one of the things that also that are also on our list right now. Okay. Yeah, you know these are very very challenging times for for the world, but uh, geocachers are experiencing it in their own way, and uh, you know these gatherings and and live events are, are certainly an impact because of this uh, because of this pandemic. And I so look forward to the time when we can all get together again and not worry about you know getting sick or anything like that. And uh, I especially look forward to and hope that in twenty twenty one, when the twentieth anniversary happens, that we indeed can all get together again. And it would be great uh, to see you guys there, shake your hand, uh, chat with you live, and, uh, and, uh, and then just be able to hear you guys play. That would be just an awesome experience, and I, and I really hope that all comes together. Oh, I said so do we. We also hope uh, that goes through. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and it seems we have a lot in common. So you're a musician, we are musicians, you're geocacher, we're also teachers, so we have a lot of to talk about when we finally meet each other in Seattle. Hope I hope that happens next yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, a- absolutely. And we'll definitely have to hang out at the after party for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. You'll have to play a song with us, Sonny. What's that? You'll have to play a song with us on stage. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it'll be easier. Be great. For, yeah, it'll be easier for me. To bring. Uh, I play several instruments actually. Um, I play the saxophone. I play didgeridoo. If you've ever heard of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I play didgeridoo. I play the guitar. Uh, I play the ukulele, uh, and I also play uh, the flute and the recorder. So I've, I've got a wow. I've got a couple different options as far. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we will we will fit you in next year. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Plenty of time for that now. Yeah, exactly. Well, I I, I hope you guys uh, take some time and put together some uh, music. The you know some of the songs that you have not yet recorded. Uh, that would be great to hear. And, uh, you know, especially with all this time that we have on your hands, maybe that's something we can look forward to. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to chat with us. I know it's late where you are right now, and I've got to go grab lunch. But thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us, giving us a lot of insight on the mu- on the musical side of geocaching. And, uh, yeah, thanks for chatting with me today. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. All right. I'll chat- talk to you later then. Bye. 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 You can find more information and connect with this band at their website, bugsytravels.be, or on Facebook, search for Bugsy Travels in the ammo boxes, or you can check the links in our show notes. And we're going to end the show with a song, so don't go away yet. Yep. Hey, thanks for listening and supporting Podcaster. Please do us a favor and tell your friends about the geocaching goodness we provide each and every week. Remember, stay safe out there so that someday, when you get through all of this, we can keep on caching. And now... Bugsy Travels and the Ammo Boxes with 20 years of geocaching. Stay.
That's it for the show today. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to visit our website at podcaster.com. You'll find our show notes, useful links, and tons of resources. We always love to hear from you. Our email is podcaster at gmail.com. You can also call the Podcaster hotline at 760-300-3633. Find out all the ways you can contact us at podcaster.com slash contact. Till next time, stay safe and keep on cashing. <laughs>